What is up, guys? Now, listen, this is not a pre-roll from MicroGym University, so don't fast forward. This is not that. This is even better. Sean Pastuch, the founder of Active Life RX, and myself are putting on a crash course on PT First on March 2nd. That's a Saturday at my gym in Charlotte, North Carolina. Come and meet Sean and me. We're going to have a meet and greet that Friday night. And then that Saturday, we are getting down to business, teaching you guys how to install PT First in your gym. If you already have it, how to go ahead and increase your sales, how to do internal sales with your current members, how to change the culture, how to get your coaches bought in, how to charge, how to pay, everything and everything PT First, we are going to be talking. There is a link in the bio of my Instagram. Go there. Feel free to DM Sean or myself on our respective social media platforms. Guys, We'd love to meet you. We'd love to sit down and jam with you. March 2nd, fucking be there. All right. So welcome to Jamming with Joe, episode uh, nine. It's, it's, it's one of them. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep track of it. It's the one after the last one. Yeah. And, it's uh, the most recent one. It's the most recent one you're listening Today. to. Yeah. Th- these people like this. I like this. Joe has a lot of ex-girlfriends that listen to it. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Every one of them. And they all remind me about why. <laughs> they send you texts afterwards like, it was a shitty fucking episode you didn't do ever. And by the way, I saw you with Becky. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that Instagram post. By the way, that Bumble profile you have is still active. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so we are, what is it? It's Friday, uh, February 15th. There we go. It is uh, so All Star Weekend is here in Charlotte. Huge deal. Like I don't think people understand. Everyone, I was like, I've been, everyone I've been asking, I'm like, hey, have you been downtown yet? They're like, no, I'm staying away from downtown. I'm like, it's. I know you. Th- it's not like CIAA. CIAA is this really big basketball tournament that happens here in Charlotte. It just gets way overcrowded. It just, it's a pain in the ass parking wide. But this is like, this is the biggest celebrity event to happen in Charlotte. I it's since I've been here. Besides well, the R, uh, RNC, the Republican National Convention, right. or Democratic, whichever one happened. And I feel like. I had the same kind of evolution where it's like I started like, oh, my God, I just got to avoid uptown for three days. And now I'm like, I'm also never, ever going to travel to a different city to go see an all-star game. Like, yeah, that's never yeah, going yeah, to be a part of my life. Atlanta. So the fact that it's literally six minutes from my house, yeah. it's crazy not to just at I, least walk uptown. So I rode the booster board uh, purposely to go get some shots because I'm like, I need it for the vlog because that's just all I think about now is I just need daily content. Now that yeah. I force myself to do I just have to think of something. You're such a YouTuber. I know. I'm like, Isaac. Isaac started talking about something. I'm like, no, shut the fuck up. Save that for later. I don't have my camera <laughs> on me. She's like, no, it's really important. We got to talk about it now. I'm like, no, we save it for the camera. Um, but anyway, so I went uptown. Fucking crazy. So Foot Locker rented out an entire fucking building, just this old building that, that wasn't anything, and it's that new House of Hoops building. And the line this morning was wrapped out and around the building. Like, for what? I don't know. It's new shoes, special releases, where the sneakerheads are all over it. But downtown's crazy. Like, every fucking rapper and their mother's here. And what do they say? Like, 150,000 extra people? Oh, it's, yeah, 150,000 people coming to Charlotte. And again, none of this has any business implication for me. For, like, 10,000 more people. Like, there's... It's nuts. Like, and so, yeah, there's no business benefits. Like, I don't expect a bunch of drop-ins. I don't... Anything like that. It's just cool as fuck. That again, because again, I, I did an entire podcast today on people bitching about their geographic location. Like how many times right. I get someone's like, yeah, but you don't understand the culture in my town because it's small town Ohio or Stu, you don't understand. I'm in San Francisco where the rents are so that like it goes both ways. I got the people bitching because they're in a small town where people don't make enough. And I got people bitching because they're in an expensive town where people make too much. Right. And then it's like too much competition. Or, it, but yeah. yeah, exactly. It's too saturated or nobody knows what, bro, the one thing you are in control of where you set up shop. Like I like Charlotte didn't choose me. Right. I chose Charlotte. Yeah. I looked around here, I thought this was a great spot. I chose Charlotte. For people like, well, no, this is where my wife's job was. I was like, but you decided to create a business, correct? And like, well yeah. I'm like, did you think that was maybe gonna be a large, crazy, life changing milestone in your in your life of starting this like, business? No. The answer is no. Yeah. They weren't thinking that. No, they were not. And they thought, well I could just force around peg in a square hole. And now it's like, yeah, you are in a town of 20,000 where the average adjusted gross <laughs> income is $43,000 a year. Yeah, but and you still, can't charge a $200 a month membership. Look at the rate I'm getting yeah, per square foot. Yeah, yeah, no shit. You yeah. can be on a fucking mountain too and get a really good rate. Correct. You can go to the – you're in a, you're in the village of New Concord in Ohio, which isn't even a real town. It's a small village. There's less than 10,000 people. And you're like, but I can't pay my bills because I can't charge 150 that's but you either change the business model or you just realize you <laughs> fucking swung and missed. Like yeah. you just didn't set this up right. And the the, the other one I really like <clears throat> is when people talk about big competitors, what I like to call big box competitors coming to their area. Globo gyms. Right. And then not deciding to lay groundworks. It's like, oh thank goodness. And I'm like, 
No, that's bad for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey. A hundred percent. They have way more resources to do the research, and they decided that your area is not, not good. A, yeah. And they had a $10 a month membership, right. and they decided <laughs> your right. shit was well, not, not a good about, spot. Let's not think about SoCycle, right? Yeah. It was supposed to come into Charlotte, Atherton, it's and now it's moving down to the, towards the mall. Yeah. And all the spin studios around here are like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's so bad. That's yeah. so bad. Because they came here, and they're like, holy shit, there's not enough here. Let's move to the mall. hundred percent. And you have to be thinking like that. You have to be like, not because I, I think in, if you go to New York City, I just got there. I was there a couple weeks ago, and I'm walking through, and like that's something I definitely want to talk. about. Did we talk about that last time? Was I here? You after called me that? when you were drunk, and we talked. We talked the branding oh, stuff. Oh yeah. I don't like, want to. Yeah, I, I don't want to spill in the podcast what we're gonna do on the side of the building. Yeah. But we, we'll talk about it. But yeah, we can talk about. I mean, so just kind of referencing some of the things you see up there. Next to every Equinox is a spin studio. Yep. Next to every. They're, it's not like they're like, oh, man, they're going to take too much of my market. They're like, oh, look, let's give them all of the options right here yeah. and let them walk door to door. Because yeah. basically what that's saying is my product is better or my product is for a different consumer or whatever it is. Come try me out. Yeah. Not like, oh, I'm afraid you might take my members. Yeah. Let me go run somewhere else. When I went down Had to Minneapolis product. to hang out with Mike Jones down at Alchemy, and it was like essentially – we know Core Power Yoga is a huge fucking million dollar, multi million dollar brand, and they have an entire department to find out where they should set up shop. So we just go where they go because his version, he feeds off Core Power Yoga. Core people get bored at Core Power; they don't feel like they're getting a good workout. Alchemy is a great white space alternative. He's like, we just follow. That's why they opened up in Denver. Why not? It just it, you just you follow where those guys go. Like there's nothing <laughs> better if you're a Seven Eleven. Than to open up next to a quick trip or another gas station. Like, there is no way that every Chipotle franchisee doesn't sit down and go, okay, where are the Starbucks in town? Yeah, 100%. 100% of them. Yep. And if I was a small coffee shop, I would like to be next, right next door to every Starbucks in town. Yeah. And every you, one of them. And, and, and even though those aren't competitors necessarily, then if you're a Moe's Southwest Grill, you want to be as near you can to the fucking Chipotle. Right. Well, it's yep. either complimentary or competition. Sure. But either of them set up the right landscape for you to get the people in the door, right? Yeah. So, like, if SoulCycle, has their biggest churn is because people get bored of it or don't like it or like spin, but they don't like the constructor, which I hear all the time about spin. It's like, oh, I only sign up when so-and-so is teaching it. Well, that's perfect because then if people don't like SoulCycle, they're just going to look for the next best thing. And if yeah. they're already at that location, they're probably going to look for something very close to it. So just feed off of the fringe. Yeah, yeah. Like, and there's probably enough out there for you. You don't need the same yeah. size building. You don't have the same infrastructure. There's not the same boundaries. Just come in at a competitive price and say, we offer the best thing with better coaches. Yeah. That's so interesting when you talk about the instructors. So again, for those if you guys have never been to a spin studio, the instructors make the playlist. They they bring a different vibe, a different like you're going there. You're I right. I have no idea. I'm like obsessed with spin right yeah, now. Yeah, just from a because think model. about it. If every time you went to Chipotle, it all depended the quality based on who is Chef Dan back and there. Sometimes it does. <laughs> sometimes it does because I'll go, I go to Chipotle three or four times a day, and when I'm walking in there and they ask me if I want brown rice three times, when I ask for white rice, I just take their word for it. I'm like, okay, I don't know what they know in the back, but they're giving me that wink. They're giving me that look like Joe. They got another listen, E. coli trust outbreak. Trust us. Trust us. Go with the brown rice. But it's yeah, that's so interesting because if you're a flywheel or you know flywheel's the competitor, um, the original partnership that up of SoulCycle, one of them spun off and made Flywheel, but your brand is class to class almost. Like your brand is yeah. Flywheel, but your the, what the person is buying is very much the instructor experience, not the Flywheel experience, which is why they ha you have to have a huge legal team. You really have to do put the fear of God and be able to take legal recourse if someone is going to leave. You have to have everything with real strict non-competes, all right. that good stuff. Whereas because I wouldn't say it's a lack of consistency, but that's the unique thing is each instructor is able to have a different flavor. They're supposed to have a different celebrity vibe, all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that works phenomenally. Like I wish – I like for consistencies in class, but I do think you're going to have instructors that allow – that some are rock star personalities and some are not. But yeah, you, you're ultimately – if you don't compensate and fulfill that person But that's what I understand is how are they still paying them? Because a lot of the ones that I've talked to recently just because I've been obsessed with it, they're still paid by the class. And I'm yeah. just like – how are you guys not more like solid employees on at least, I don't know, like a 1099 or W2? Like where are you where are you incentivized I think they're definitely, to bring – you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're not getting paid that much more than a CrossFit instructor who so, maybe doesn't have as big an impact Yeah, so I they're would, not deciding everything. I, my guess from – my guess is the average gym is paying a CrossFit instructor an hourly rage in the realm of a 20 to $25. Right. I know, like at SoulCycle, you can earn one twenty-five a class. At oh, wow. you know, at um, Orange Theory, you could be making fifty-five, sixty dollars a class. 
um, because they do pay per head. And if you fill a class, like again, for a, a, for a flywheel, let's say there's 30 bikes in there and each bike is going to be an average. Let's say it's an $18 <laughs> on average. Once you factor in like the people on discount cause they have EFTs or whatever, $18 by 30. I don't know what that is. It's a lot of dollars. You can totally pay someone a hundred like me. I already created the compensation models for the spin studio here. Like we did it. Like I was like, Zoe, we, we literally could be very profitable in like the 40% range at $125 paid per instructor per class if the class is sold out. If the class is sold out. Correct. And now you're incentivized but to be a celebrity the online. Right? Yeah. So like this is what I understand. Again, I haven't d talked to enough people to know what it's like across brands, but I would base it purely on that. Like here's your base plus commission. Yep. Here's your base rate for a class, 15 bucks. If nobody comes to your class, I'll give you 15 bucks. Sure. And then for each head or for each row that you finish, I give you X amount of more yep. dollars. Who wouldn't be incentivized to then go promote it? And, and you're not going to find that kind of model in every gym location where it's like the more people you get because they feel like it's out of their hands. Yeah. But like you said, they have so much control over that room. They adjust the lights. They're adjusting the music. There's so much that they Correct. do that they I bring more value. I think it's a value. culture of that, like that model. Like if you if you did, if I went into a CrossFit gym that brings me on site and was like, hey, what do you think? I'm like, oh, we're going to change your entire compensation structure to this. People would shit their because oh, I, an instructor doesn't feel they need like for in the CrossFit realm doesn't feel they need to bring personality as much as they need to bring quality coaching. I right. promise you, the thing that puts butts in the seats is the personality and the experience and the celebrity and a the, bit the, of the showmanship. Entertainment yeah, value. the entertainment value. I, so the one I went to, um, I did a hip hop class, and I'd never seen the the co riders. Is so that where like, you got those jeans? The, the, were they selling oh, them? God. At the, you you got to see these jeans. Had to talk about it. <laughs> No, you you can talk about these jeans. We'll talk about them in a second. I okay, they, go ahead. They flood right into the new Jordans. I've got. Every time I do a new podcast with you, I'm going to wear a new pair of Jordans <laughs> that you could talk about. Um, but anyway, so the one I went to, it was a female instructor, and she was able to like hop off the bike. Yeah. Because there was another instructor up there that yep. was just riding. Yep. And the first time I went, I was watching, and I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. Where's this here at? Which studio? Uh, Cycle South. Yep. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, this is really entertaining. And um, because I can keep my eye on him because I have no idea what I'm doing while she's talking and maybe even walking the room, giving, you know, one-on-one -on -one encouragement. And then I was like, you know what it is? It's not just that there's somebody else up there. Because it kind of reminds me of when, like, a CrossFit coach will have someone come up and demonstrate the movements or someone in the front of the class is sure. doing something really well. And you're like, yeah, well, your level of expertise is actually almost, like, demotivating me because I don't yeah. feel like I'm anywhere near that. This guy who was up there was a show. It was fun to watch yep. how much he loved doing that, and that was more inspirational than watching someone technically hit every beat or technically do everything right. And I think that entertainment value is something I really like to kind of dive into. I think entertainment and music, I want to figure out the right – I'm just going to start my own gym franchise just around this single-class model of like really tapping into the audio – and the entertainer in the front of the room. So here's how we're going to find the people for your Joe's Orama Spin Studio concept. I'm when sitting it, right here. So. Okay. <laughs> when, <laughs> what else do I need? I have nothing to do. I sit around all day. <laughs> so we're going to go and like, you know, those guys that at like NBA games and hockey games, they get on the jumbotron and dance in the aisles yeah. up and down. Those are the only people we're going to, we're going to find those people. 100%. And when they go viral, like in it's that so town, easy. you'd be like, Hey, listen, you just go that, to the game and he's wait. Got, yeah. He's got fucking pizzazz. Wait for like living on a prayer to come on and yep. the fucking gets up and dances up and down. Be like that guy. We're hiring him. Yeah. Done. You. Yeah. You. you come here. Have you ever been on a bike? No, don't worry. It's not that important. Don't just, even need a bike. Don't stand <laughs> over here. Just laugh and dance. Do you know any other song besides <laughs> living on a prayer? You ever done a jumping jack? Come up here. <laughs> so, but yeah, that is, I mean, uh, so I had Zach Scarborough on the podcast last Friday. He is a head instructor at the Orange Theory down okay. here in South End. I still have to try that out. So yeah. Orange Theory has got to be on my list of things yeah. to try. Go. I think Zoe gets buddy passes with her membership. Okay. Um, anyway, me and Zach were talking. He had, you know, when he did it, he killed, he was talking about how he killed his mic audition. Like, his mic audition. Now, again, first every, of all, I love the fact that it's an audition. Audition, 100%. Like, it's not, not an interview. show us how you squat, whatever. Because, again, teaching someone the basics of the squat is elementary. Not to discredit all you amazing coaches out there, but guess what? Most of you guys had a profession elsewhere outside the fitness realm. It's not, again, it can be taught to anyone. A lot of you fuckers are fitness professionals. Now, when you're really not, you've been doing it like two years, three years, and now you own a brick and mortar, but you're working on it. I'm proud of you. Keep, keep grinding. But this guy, they first, they just want to, are you going to be entertaining? Intangibles. Yes. They start with the soft skills. A hundred percent. Yeah. Can, can you fucking liven a crowd up? Because that's the starting point. Nobody wants to listen to the coach that is so technically sound, but boring as fuck. And you get the peanuts, like the Charlie Brown, wah, wah, wah. Like, 
dude, I know you're saying some stuff, but I really just want someone to literally light a lightning bolt through my dick hole right now because it's yeah. five in the morning and I'm tired. Well, and I was just thinking about this the other day with the people that get paid so little to stand in the front of stores and greet people. That is literally one of the most important first people impression psychology, so, right? Like you standing there, and if the first thing I see is some guy on a cell phone, or some girl behind a desk watching YouTube, like I'm already upset before Done. I even yep. started. Like, and it's not that I'm going to walk out, right? And again, diving into the psychology of it, you're not going to take a drastic action because it doesn't require one. Yep. But it absolutely frames it. And primes you to be more upset about yes. what you're about to experience. 100%. You're almost more ready to be disappointed because of that first impression. Yeah. impression. First impression psychology, like just put it into Google people and just, I don't even know what's going to pop up, but a bunch of shit's going to pop up and then you'll know more about it that's, after clicking some random. Like the first non-incognito browser search you've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> All my searches are incognito. Um, so, but first Go impression. Back to Oh, so Zach. Don't anyway, Zach, because I'm interested in that. Yeah. So anyway, with Zach, he was doing his mic, his mic thing, and it just, I, we were talking about that, and and that was, that's just such a stretch for the majority of the micro gym market because they don't hire on personality and uh, entertainment; they hire on technician. Right. Right. But going, but the reason why I think we should be looking at it a little bit differently is because first impression psychology is that, like, think of it right now. You're walking to your car and somebody makes a beeline towards you and they have a flyer in their hand, what is the first thing you think of? This guy's going to hand me his garbage that I then have to throw right. away because I'm not interested I'm in what I'm immediately taking out my phone. I'm immediately trying to buttons. pretend like, right, that's just yeah. your, that's the first impression. However, if I saw a dude, he was just doing backflips, like just standing in the middle of the parking lot, just doing backflip, 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 I would stare at him. What's this guy doing? I'm going to even pull my fucking phone out and videotape him. And then when he stopped on the front of his shirt said, blank brand or it had something yeah. on it, it would like, that would be, because first impressions like grab my attention. Well, make the, me the, interested in the you. The sign spinners. That whole yeah. phase came out because yeah. of that. Right? Like it just make makes me interested sense. in what you have, what you're doing, which is what I think an instructor, think about the, the Sally coming to your class and trying it out. She's not going to respect the methodology. She's not going to know that you taught something even really well. What will grab her attention when she leaves? Like, what is she? She's going to leave the gym and she's going to meet her friends for margs and fucking chips and guac. What is she going to say? Oh my God. Like, so you know what? They taught me the three point snatch. It was actually really, I'm so glad. Like, no, but like, the instructor was so funny. It was a good workout, yeah. but he was hilarious. Well, because feelings matter way more than definition. Yeah. So uh, it's like, if you think about it, just from that perspective alone, you can hire somebody with absolutely no understanding of what they're doing. And if they make everybody happy, they'll everyone has a better experience. Yep. People don't pick gyms strictly based on how good the coaches are unless they're looking for that level of athleticism yeah. that they're trying to hone or be a part of something bigger. And it's like the majority of people aren't even getting off the fucking couch. So now you have this new person that walks into the fitness for the first time and they're actually less interested because you're talking so technically. Yep. They're like – I won't ever understand what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. Not even just because I'm not interested, which I obviously not because this is my first time working out in 13 years, but also because what you're describing to me is just beyond my scope of knowledge. Yeah. You're like, you forget that not everyone has ever even done a squat that simple. They haven't stood up and then squatted down and stood back up ever. Yeah. Because that wasn't part of their life. They weren't an athlete. They weren't, you know, in PE, they fucked off. Like all these things. That can stop somebody from trying out your class. Yep. And you got to think like that first class is all going to be about how much did they enjoy themselves, not how much did they learn. Yeah. So we're literally talking about this. So right now we're talking about like the entertainment value. Me, Deuce, and Isaac had a full on – it wasn't like a war. Me and Isaac went to – we go to war every day. But Deuce is always just kind of like bystander. He's always like the cool guy on the side. And um, saw that in one of your vlogs. <laughs> me and Isaac are going to war on this because – I want to remove the jump, like uh, one of the pull-up modifications we'll utilize sometimes is we'll get a box out for someone and they kind of do a jumping pull-up, they hold tight at the top, and then they slowly, eccentrically lower the way down. And I want to remove it because it's not, it takes up too much time too much and time. you got there's you got to get a box and there's equipment. And again, my model has to be fast, fast, fast. So we're coming up with how we're going to get around that because Isaac's very uh, technical. She's a great coach. She's like, this is the movement. This is the appropriate movement for people to do. And I'll be like, I think people can get enough fitness doing these other things and it doesn't uh, take as much time and space and equipment and so on. So we're going to war on this whole thing. And the whole argument, if you were to base it down, was essentially me looking at logistics and repeatability of the workout and scalability and Isaac looking at the, uh, the purest of the actual coaching in it where I know that the market – doesn't care about her purest coaching methodology. Because again, I've got it more than probably, I've, I've got a 
I would put myself at a level of understanding of, of coaching and stuff at a very high level. Isaac is right there. But even then, I don't respect it enough to sacrifice the operational capacity and the scalability of the business. So law of diminishing returns. It's the same theory that I used to talk about studying. If I could study for two hours and get a 91 on a test or study for eight hours and get 100, I'm going to take the two every time. I would study for one and get an 78. I would study not at all <laughs> and I graduate with a 4 yeah. That's just a rub it in your face. But, <laughs> but no, for serious, like it's, it doesn't really make as much sense at some point to me to be like, okay, I'm going to work that much harder. Now you could talk about retention. You could talk about the, uh, how to apply that knowledge and what you're going to be missing. But I always go back to like, yeah, but I'm an operating efficiently type of person. And I look at like opportunity costs around everything. So what could I have done in that last four to six hours that it would have taken me to get a better A that no one really appreciates? Sure. Absolutely no one appreciates. And I think it's the same kind of concept here. So it's like my favorite quote from Joe Tabaldi. It's not his original, but it is. You need to know when you need a C plus. Yeah. And you need to know when you need an A. And most that of the time. That is my original quote. Stop fucking. It's not good God. Most of the time in life. I get no credit from you, <laughs> you ever. <laughs> most of the time in life, you just need C pluses. Yeah. Me and Isaac had this conversation. I'm like, Isaac, I need C plus, B minus coaching. And she, like, we, again, we went to fucking war. Because it's really funny, too, because I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day about ratings. One to five stars. And someone's like, it really pissed me off because they gave me a three-star rating and they had nothing bad to say. And I'm like, that actually makes sense when you yeah. think about it because three is average. Three yeah. is well, – That was good. Three is nothing's wrong. Yeah. But they it just, just didn't suck my it dick. It didn't wow yeah. me. It wasn't excellent. Yeah. And I think – what do they – I forgot that when I worked at Walgreens, there's like a – there's a word for it, like they're emphatic. There's it's some word that like means that, oh, uh, they're delighted. That's the – that's delight. what we're going. Delighted. So nine and ten is delighted people. You just don't get a lot of nine and I don't tens. I've ever used the word delighted in the Right. Ever. And no one else has either, which is why they're never going to get any nines or tens because everyone's like, the what? I don't really get it. <laughs> it sounds like they're removing lights from something. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, but I think it's the same concept. Like, there, there's nothing wrong with average. The majority is average. So, why yeah. would you think that that's a bad thing? Now, of course, we all want, we want to strive yep. to be above average, but knowing the balance of like, okay, well, I can take that. Let's take it for this. I take that four hours and go learn a little bit more about video editing or go learn a little bit more about this other part of my business that may be failing as much or what could I be doing in the community or can I go sit with somebody else and learn something yeah. new versus becoming the subject matter expert when really we're, we're, we have to kind of be jack-of-all-trades people. I think – and so sensory psychology is something I have a huge interest in. And when a gym owner's like, you know, let's say Isaac. And I'm like – me and Isaac are arguing about this, about, I, dude, the quality of the coaching needs to be A+. Plus. I'm like, no, no, no. The quality of the coaching needs to be great, but it needs to be a great C plus, B minus. It's like the best C plus, B minus ever. The music, though, Isaac, has to be an A plus. And then you would have thought she was going to stab me in the fucking neck. So that's me. So yeah, correct. And I'm like, yeah. why? Because the sensory input of the music will always outlast, in, that, in this scenario of a group fitness class, will outlast the visual verbal or tactile cue you would have used to take that coaching from a C plus B minus to an A plus. So that's where we're kind of living on this, Isaac, is I'm just, fo I'm focused on making an A plus the things that they will remember once the class is over, they've walked to the parking lot, they went home and took a shower, they went out and met their friends or they're texting with their boyfriend. How was your class at that new place? Yeah. The coaching cue and that element. Now here's one though. Let me give Isaac uh, uh, let me ping one her way. If Isaac constantly comes around and makes that client, that that prospect who's in class trying it out, shows her, hey, have you tried? Let, let's do your modified pull-ups like this, and then comes back around in four minutes and gives her another little piece, and then comes back around in four more minutes and gives her another little piece, and there's this consistent element of paying attention to you, and the timing of this prospect is someone who just came from a model where nobody paid attention to them. 100% that will outlast the music. But again, that's why it comes down to we don't truly – like you can know. Like if you do a consultation right, you will know, well, I've been in Orange Theory for four years. Oh, wow, four years. That's impressive. Why are you thinking of leaving now? Well, they don't pay enough attention to me. Bingo. Boom. Okay, so Isaac, make the coaching an A+. But there's also a situational awareness there and yeah. just having an understanding of people. Right? Sure. So like I think that we can't paint broad strokes over all of this stuff and say this is the way that it should be done. Do you have an Invictus fucking uh, are you talking sticker to me? on your mug? Yeah. You are such a CrossFit Kool-Aid drinking fanboy. I haven't done a CrossFit workout in nine years. Why do you have an Invictus sticker? And that, nothing wrong against Invictus. Do you want to really know why? Why? Yeah. I can tell you why if yeah. you want to. Okay, so Steve had a Yeti that had three stickers on it. And I was like, oh, cool. What are you, in grade school? You put stickers <laughs> on your Yeti? And he goes, 
fuck you, man. And I'm like, all right. And I took every sticker I could find in my house and I put it on my Yeti. And that's why you can't actually see the Yeti anymore. Um, and I get a lot of compliments on it. So thanks. I Just digress. like my jeans. Just like my jeans. Um, <laughs> fuck, what were we talking about? We're talking about, again, so uh, for – Oh, yeah, can't paint broad strokes. So to say like, okay, never give good instruction because Stu told you – that's not what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying take it into consideration. And I think that the actual fact that you and Isaac go back and forth on it makes it stronger because in the back of her head, she wants to be better. Sure. She wants to coach at a higher quality. And when that opportunity arises, she will jump on it. Yep. It's not like, okay, now kick it into C-plus gear, and for the rest of my time here, I'm going to be miserable. It's just not true. There's a balance to it. Sure. And a very, it's very much entertaining the people that are in the class. Yeah. And the arguing aspect of it, again, I'm such a fan of like debate and arguing. So did you – have you seen the, the – I may be wrong, but I doubt it. That's why I decided to call it. Is that the vlog? That, no, that's the, the new segment on the podcast where I invite gym owners who don't like me and disagree with me and it, they are angry with me maybe about a post. And I invite them on for a segment called oh. I May Be Wrong But I Doubt It. Okay. And we argue the points. I love it. So I just did my first one this week. It went really, really well. Um I was really – I'm super thankful they came on. But if you've never heard it, it's a book by Charles Barkley. It's called I May Be Wrong, But I Doubt It. I have this entire auto-tune remix, and it's it's hysterical. i got to play it for you when we get done. Yeah. But anyway, um, that whole arguing aspect and, like, that debate, like – because there's times where me and Isaac will get in a debate, and I'm like, I, I come out the other end, I'm like, all right, the chick was right. Like, okay, Isaac, fair enough. Like, settle. Like, there was a point in the today when they were arguing – we were – discussing something i just fucking i just conceded i was like what do you guys think they're like we should do it this one I'm like fuck it we're doing it that way done you know but it, that is the thing like you and me argue on shit all the time we go back and stuff and but that is it's like shark tank when they bring an idea and those guys just sit there and poke holes on it and then right. you have to try to retort and defend and then sometimes you go to defend and you're like oh fuck that was a lot weaker of an argument than i thought but that's the point that's the point it's like to have defensible arguments is the whole idea Right? Like if you're never challenged, you don't oh, yeah. have to defend your own arguments oh. and you will get lazier. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter how good you are. Yeah. And I do that a lot with the development of Flex because I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is the feature. This is just what it's going to be. Was, was our plug – do we have a plug noise? Oh, we, man. You, you were supposed – that was your – you had that one was fucking my, job. I had one job. That was weeks ago too. I know. We're supposed to have this a plug is be noise like, for every time we plug our stuff <laughs> for you guys like, to subconsciously ingrain it in your brain. Casey's Tech Tuesday intro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, it was, it's coming. It's coming. I'm probably there's a noise coming. Um. But yeah, because I'll sit there and I'll be like, okay, this is the next feature. This makes sense, blah, blah, blah. And it just goes and no one complains about it. No one internally because they don't have the right to. Not because I don't accept the challenges because like it's just easier not to. But like I will now go seek out people that work at other companies and be like, let me explain to you this use case. Does this make the most sense? And they'll challenge things that I'm like, oh, you don't understand. You get almost a little frustrated. Like you don't yeah. understand. There's more context to it. But then sometimes you're like, actually, that's – pretty indefensible like that makes a lot more sense than what i was suggesting i always look at it so me and isaac we one of the arguments we got into today was she was like what i think our members are going to think this and i was like i don't agree however she's right maybe at least one member or somebody will think that and i should probably brush up my defense or how we are going to position it as a brand when she represents and i think a lot of times when you're in a position of authority you're you know how dare you challenge me? Kind of like you're infallible, like you're the fucking pope. And I'm one of the biggest guys like, please, like I'm I'm always probably wrong, even though that segment's called I may be wrong, but I doubt it. But I, I rarely think I'm wrong, but I'm definitely wrong all the time. Yeah. You know, you know my dad. that's what my dad says to me all the time. He goes, I state everything as fact because or else you don't listen to me. <laughs> He's like, but I'm wrong like 70, 80% of the time. Yeah, I just yeah. wait for you to come back. And I'm like, that's fair because sometimes I just accept what he says and I yep. move on. You know what I mean? And other times I'm like, no, this is bullshit. Don't try to tell me that your Burger King burger without the bun is healthy. <laughs> I just don't fucking believe you. Sorry, bud. Like, you're 77. Start cleaning shit up. <laughs> so uh, before we got on this, I was um, – Mo Dingo. Mo's a guy. He runs a podcast uh, called the One More Rep Podcast. I know him Mo. In, okay. I don't know him personally. Well, yeah. he worked with Grid. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he worked with Grid. He works uh, – he's now with uh, Opex is doing their – not oh, James Fitzgerald's helping out with – What's it's the new sport of fitness? They're doing it like the fit. Anyway, I cannot think of it. Anyway, Moza, the IFTT something. Yeah. No, IFTT is if this then that. It was a joke, Stu. You tack it, fuck. You know what happens <laughs> when you explain jokes? They instantly become unfunny. I was like, IFTT. The four tech nerds that listened to this would have been like, I know what he's actually talking about. I fucking was so excited. I knew what that was. Um, anyway, so Mo's a phenomenal dude. He's been down here one time. We got to hang out. But anyway. Mo tags me in something, and I showed Joe before, and that they are doing another fire festival. Or not, like, Ja Rule is doing yeah, it again yeah, because festival, we yeah. just recently had that last one. 
uh, on the Fire Festival. So if you guys haven't seen that or heard that, there will be another fire. You should probably go sign up. You probably get tickets now <laughs> before <laughs> they get out. Get tickets now. Get yourself a cabana. Get the uh, biggest one they got because the resale on those is going to be huge. <laughs> what do you think? Like, So do you think he's just doing it to ride the marketing of it? Because it's never going to be more popular than it is for the next yeah, month Why wouldn't so? you? It's, yeah. it's probably him sitting there and just saying, why not? There's literally no reason why not to. If this doesn't work out, it was everybody expected it anyway. Oh, yeah. 100%. And if it does work out, they just got millions of dollars of free advertising. Yeah. It's really no different than Nike doing the Colin Kaepernick ad. It's just like, we know this is going to ruffle feathers, but it's going to get a lot of people talking. We're going to get a lot of free marketing yeah. out of it. If I, and again, if I'm a gym owner and I'm looking for really – I want to try to make like a viral piece. Like maybe I have my heart set on doing that. Stop. Just, just wait. Hold just on. Stop. Just stop. Stop with this viral shit. That just wait. Wait for something really culturally controversial comes up like that Colin Kaepernick ad. If any gym owner would have then gone ahead and got a picture of them in their gym logo shirt, what was the caption it said on that Nike ad? It said something like, whatever whatever it was, if you guys can picture the Colin Kaepernick ad that Nike did, and you would have just recreated that with like one of your members, kind of funny, like if he would have been super in shape, but kind of in shape, and... uh, yeah, and you put a, put that quote right across with a, your own little symbol, but then same Nike font. Well, here it is. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Right. Right? If yeah. you would have just kept the quote exactly the same with your little logo at the bottom and posted it within hours after Nike and it goes fucking bonkers on Twitter yeah. and everywhere. Or like a guy throwing up after Fran. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, a dude, <laughs> yeah that would have been fucking perfect. Right. The dude throwing up after Fran. <laughs> Believe in something. Even in a jersey. Even if it sacrificing yeah. everything. That would have been yeah. hashtag just do it. Has- I would have put hashtag road to the games. Yeah, or little like check mark, just move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That, I mean, just piggyback shit. Like, why is everyone trying to – again, going back to stealing, why is everyone waiting like and thinking like, man, I just sit here and I rack my brain all fucking day on what I can create that's going to create some hype in my town when you could just go ahead and wait for someone really smarter than you to do it already and then just and take that. We used that. We talked about this on the last one too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a go back bit to the viral thing. You got really angry. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. It's just like the idea of trying to be viral yeah. just seems so ridiculous to me because it's like trying to be something that is so obviously more than what you can control, right? It's like yeah, you can position things to be more viral, but it just kind of at some essence doesn't make much sense to focus on that, right? It's yeah. like making really shitty money and putting all your money towards the lottery. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I'm just going to work at McDonald's and I'm going to save up and put all my money towards the lottery once a month and hope that that pays my bills. Yeah. You know, it's, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, that's the only, I just, that's it. I, I, yeah. You just that's, don't like the idea of, so I don't like the idea of people chasing virality as if it's something that can be achieved. It, well, it comes organically. Like so when I think virality, I don't, I don't if, think like 10 million people saw it. I think like, you had ten thousand views, gym? like 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 viral. Take your pants off, put them on your head. You'll go viral in your fucking gym. <laughs> like it's like it's, it's such a small ecosystem. It doesn't really matter as much. If you're trying to make waves in something, sure, like always piggyback off of what's relevant already, because that's how you're going to get into the same streams as other people. Yeah. But a lot of people are just not that creative. See, they don't see the opportunity. Yeah. So, and we're not going to talk about it. So that that idea I had that with the flyers and all that that I want to do mm-hmm. in the city. And I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I've got this idea of something I want to do. It's turning out it's going to be very expensive if I do it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. It's, I'm using the example like when you go to park somewhere and you know you're going to get a parking ticket if you park there. And then like I just think to myself, well, that's just what it costs to park there. Like that's just <laughs> – like I don't think of it as a parking ticket. I think like that's just what it costs. What it would cost for me to do this might just be the cost of the market, and it's way too expensive. But the idea is still – I think it's still warranted. I think it would be still be very successful. But, like, I'm doing that. I do that because I, I want to – yeah, I want the local Charlotte agenda to pick it up. I want these local Charlotte media outlets that are just only hyper-locally viral, hyper-local, like within, like, seven zip codes. Sure. You know? it Chasing that kind of virality. What are your thoughts on that for a gym owner? Look at, so to me, that's not really virality. It's just a splash marketing campaign. It's something to grab attention. It's what to defines virality? Life. Is there a number like a part like I don't a know if it's a number. It's probably something that exceeds the boundaries of what you would not even what you would normally get, but what other people in your space would normally yeah. get. So if they, it's just like, I don't know. I don't think that there's a specific number that makes something viral. I think it's one of those things that when it's viral, you know it's viral. And other than other than that, it's it's just not got it right. Like okay, here's here's one thing I would say, virality would normally assume that some media outlet outside of your current contacts would pick it up. 
So you do something that the Charlotte Agenda picks up and you're not normally something that the Charlotte Agenda posts about, you're on, you're on the brink of virality, So if a company right? whose entire purpose and existence is to push out news and information yep. and you get picked up. Well, because we that's how everything yeah. goes viral nowadays, yeah. right? Like people talk about – like Casey Neistat makes that video about going on the airline and it was about the news – mediums that picked it up Correct. and then promoted it that's what made it viral sure right like it wasn't is the it fact. just because they have the largest reach yeah it's because they have bigger reach and because they find you relevant enough to mention to their fans who can are, you go viral without making it but you can go viral without making it on the news like facebook has arguably a larger reach than any of the arguably media. larger reach but the thing is there'll be crossover so like what i would say is that the fuel of that youtube video post that gets all the watches or the Facebook video post that gets all the watches is not just fueled by people on Facebook. It's fueled by media outlets talking about it and then referencing and shoving kind of those audiences back onto Facebook. To got watch it. The video. Got it. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So a couple things on the virality. So after like when we get done with this, we have our monthly sweat social, which is a fun little monthly shindig we do. And I'm going to go shoot just some, get some B roll for some montage videos for the gym with events like that, getting something. If you're a gym owner, and you're looking to get an event, uh, if you do a monthly little community thing, if you do a whatever, you're doing a fundraiser kind of scenario, one of the questions I get asked all the time is, I just have an event. It's not like I'm, tr- I'm not trying to really like transaction a membership out of this. I have this singular event for whatever reason. Hopefully, it's not a fucking like competition, but hopefully, they, they've got some event they want to push. What is the best way to do that? Is that, I mean, like, is that a face, like, what is the best way to push a local event, something that you have that you is open to the public and you're like, you, you, you're like, we're doing a, uh, an ALS 5k, like, or we're doing something that is good nature, blah, blah. blah. We want to get it out to community. What is the best way you think to do that? So the number one thing I'm going to say about that is that go back to the reason. So if it's not to convert members, what is it? So right there, you even kind of mentioned it, like, it's Whatever like, the reason is. Yeah. But it's like, but no, there is a reason. And it, and if it's nefarious, if it's something like, oh, well, you know, I want to make a lot of money. Okay, that's fine. That's a reason. And there's ways to approach that. So if it's something like I want to do – give me an example. And I'll so, for example, let's say Jim uh, owner's dad just died of uh, diabetes. And so he wants to do a fundraiser where it's going all towards fighting, you know, taking type 1 to type none. And Social posts, tag your, tag your people that you think would share it. Yeah. That's simple, right? Because – those are community-based events that have nothing to do with the community. There has to do with a broader cause that anybody can get behind if they know somebody. Yeah. So you'd want to just kind of keep that with people telling other people yeah. versus businesses telling people. When businesses tell people to do things, it normally feels like there's some higher corporate agenda. So if it's something that's way more socially powered, like a disease or something that you're trying to raise money for, it's way better coming from the mouths of their friends than it is coming from the mouths of a company. I also think those are the ones that truly need – I mean, everything needs it in my opinion, but video content to tell the story of pops who died of type one. Or something it, like, that tells the yeah, story. Yeah, correct. Like right. there yeah. especially something that's gonna have a heartstring play. Yep. It's got I mean, it's gotta have a, a video to it. You know, you'll always see the meme viral viral video of try not to cry, you know, when you watch yeah. this kind of scenario. Throw on some a slideshow of pictures and pick yeah. the right song. Yeah. Music does everything for people when it comes to telling them how to feel. And I think it's so funny that what's the right now what's popular on YouTube to get these clicks, to get like these clickbait titles, is to put in parentheses how people are going to react. Yeah. You basically tell them how to react. So it'll be like, Stu sets the gym on fire. And in parentheses, it'll be like, crazy exposed. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? And I'm like, crazy crying. And yeah, you're like, yeah. well, okay, so now you're already telling me how I'm supposed to feel. So now I don't even feel like I need to watch it and have any context. Yeah. Because I know I'm supposed to be upset. Yeah. And that's what's working there. And it's kind of the same thing. You put negative – I can play you the same exact video clip. I should do this for you. I should make a video clip and put different music behind both and show how unbelievably different you perceive the video. Oh, a thousand percent. Eight seconds, and it's enough to show exactly the complete difference with the exact same footage behind it. And music is such – especially like with the vlog and all that is – you know. Finding music that is like that's the one thing is how do I find copyright for music? Like you just go on the YouTube Beta Creator and like you can fucking search it there. You can go and pay us pay, if you pay a literally resource. write copyright free music into YouTube. Yeah, it'll there's like pop up five or six really high followed channels, well known channels yeah. that just produce that just that produce kind of it. Hundred percent. Um, they're like, but what if I want to use this one song by Lil Wayne, a Millie, and it's copyright protected? Like, then you can't use that song right. or you have to go to SoundCloud, cross your find, fingers. Yeah, find the remix. Change the pitch. Yeah, find the remix of it. <laughs> That's what everybody so, likes yeah. to do. Someone's 
someone has done a remix of whatever popular song you right. want to do, go ahead and rock out with that. Or try to run it under the whatever the, the hypothetical three second mark or whatever it is that their contents, you know, right. the content ID can't find. But guess um, what? The sixteen people that watch your video are you're not gonna Yeah, exactly. Started. Exactly. <laughs> it will not fucking matter. Right. It, will it will not, not matter. fucking matter until it goes viral and then enough people will watch it that people watch and it. And then anyway. you'll never be able to get paid on That's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. hundred percent. You'll make fuck. You'll make no money on it. <laughs> so all right, a couple of things I want to get into. Speaking of that have you subscribed to the no. blog yet? God damn it. What is the – why okay. don't you love me, dad? Here's how it works. I've been a YouTube guy. So I can't say YouTuber because I don't produce on YouTube. But I've been consuming YouTube for like heavily for the better part of a decade. I have my own fucking ways of what does that deciding mean? whether or not you make it into my subscriber. So what, what, what is the criteria? What is that? What's, what is First that of all, if I told you the it? criteria, you know how many messages I would get? They'd say, I've been doing this for years. Why aren't um, – no. So first of all, I think the reason – I need to kind of put this – I never watched YouTube initially just for the cat videos. I didn't watch it just to be the new America's Funniest Home Videos. I watched it strictly for tutorials and learning. I taught myself how to code via YouTube. So I had some basis of it in college, and then, but everything that I'm doing today, I all learned off of YouTube and tutorials online. Speaking of which, I want to tell the story of what real brand loyalty is with Chris Webster. Who's oh, the, yeah, we're going to talk about yeah. Chris Webster, and who's the previous videographer of you guys that used to do all my stuff. And... The crazy amount of money he turned down. Anyway, go on. I didn't get his permission to do that, but we'll talk about it <laughs> yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's how I started on YouTube. So that's where I started consuming a ton of it. Now, obviously, YouTube's owned by Google. So the search algorithm is actually very similar. And I honestly believe that college classes should have a class called How to Leverage Google. Because I actually think I'm a better Googler than the majority of people, and that's how I'm so resourceful. A Googler. Yeah, I'm better at using a search algorithm to find what I need than the average person. Just because I've used it so fucking is that a, is that a, Have you ever Googled that? Did you ever Google Googler? No, I never Googled <laughs> Are there Googlers other people too. teaching other people to be better at Google? Nah, probably. I wouldn't doubt it. But I just – I'm 100% sure that just the way that people use Google is limiting their search. So anyway, so going back to YouTube, so then I just started on this kick because I got rid of cable. I was one of those early adopters too that got Hulu when it first came out, and I've not had cable for seven or eight years. You're such I a nonconformist. Fucking, I don't watch sports. I get trendy jeans that have rips in the knees, and but not a full rip. I still want to show some of the fabric over the patella. Anyway, continue. Let me tell you why I like streetwear so much. Because you have to pay a bunch of money for it, and no one even knows that it's expensive. No. <laughs> it's such an anti-culture. That's what I love about it. It's like With your anti-social like, social club hoodie. Right, yeah. yeah. So you wear this hoodie, and it's like 400 bucks, and it doesn't fucking matter because it doesn't say Gucci on it. So everyone thinks it's a cheap shit hoodie, except for the people that also spend that much money on it. And that's like a 14 people. All 14 of us are like, hey, you hey, look great. You get the nod. Yeah. Right, you get the nod, just like driving your Jeep. So, <laughs> But yeah, so going back to YouTube. So then or after that, it evolved into also my content engine of what I kind of just watch. Yeah. So normally what I do is I find something, I binge it, I learn what I like about them, what I don't, and then normally kind of tails off because I won't watch them as much, and then they'll produce a new video, and I'll watch their latest stuff, and I'll see if it matches the same pizzazz, the same excitement that it gave me in the beginning, and then I have an algorithm that I use from there. I have an algorithm. No, I'm just lying. I, you just were, you I don't want to tell you why I'm not subscribing to you. No, you have to. But I will one day, <laughs> and that day we'll be really excited, and we'll, <laughs> we'll do a podcast. Like Joe, views, listens are down on the podcast. I need, you, I need you to come out with some fire. All right. So what are you doing this weekend? I'm that's what, That's where you knew that we didn't have anything else to talk about because I asked Joe, what is he doing this weekend? Well, so let's talk about something. Else. Fuck the weekend. I don't do things. I work over the weekend. And But I want to go back to this YouTube and then you talked about – We were in about, New York City drinking like a couple weekends ago. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. <laughs> that's 2019, bro. <laughs> Looking forward to 2020. No, but I want to get back to what you were talking about earlier, which was – how to market a specific event. You're okay. saying based on what? Sure. And it, it brought up a concept that I've been thinking a lot more about recently, which is like when to leverage certain pieces. So when to leverage trying to go up to the Google search algorithm and getting your gym to have good SEO and producing blog content and all that kind of stuff versus when to use on social. And I heard something recently that makes a lot of sense. So they talk about basically social is for the want and Google is for the need. So if you're a plumber, you're more – you're better off on Google because people right. need you. They because, don't want to Because plumber. no one goes on Facebook and yeah. is like, I need to find a plumber. Sure. Right? They're like, I need a plumber and immediately go to Google. This is actually really up. good. I was like, Joe's just filling time here right now, but this is actually really tasty. This is good. Okay. Yeah, so Google's so, need so your number one, socials want. Yeah. So your number one um, domain like to search is Google, right? And the number two is YouTube. 
which yeah. is funny, right? Yeah. They're both YouTube's a search engine, which is great because they have a lot of similarities, obviously, because they're owned by the same company. And all the other ones after that, Bing, Yahoo, all that shit, those all like combined don't even come close to YouTube. Um, and then you have all the social stuff. So you have paid stuff on social and then also organic posting. And I think I get this question a lot where it's like, you know, I want to do SEO and I want to do this and I want to do this. I'm like, cool, what's your budget? And they're like, $43 a month. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So that's not going to work. Go buy yourself a nice dinner and hope for the best. Um, and here's the free stuff that you can You can't even get that nice dinner for $43. Huh? You cannot even get yourself a nice dinner oh for $43. God, you're so fancy. You're so fancy now. Gary Butte hates you. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I go back to why, right? So what goes through my head when I decide what should be on social and what should be – so they both have pros and cons, and there's not a single right answer. Because I was thinking about it, how does this apply specifically to gym owners because that's my market also. And I'm like, it's actually a little bit of both. So depending on what type of gym you are, I think there's more – there's more reasons to sit on a Google that says, I'm going to look for gyms in my area. Very common thing. Yeah. I want to look for gyms. The most common search is gyms in my area or gyms near me, which has very little to do with the SEO of your actual site. and has way more to do with the geographical location of your gym and how well you've, uh, you've gotten reviews for Correct. your gym. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you create a My Business account. Yep. And then you go on there and you try to get as many reviews as possible. Yep. The you more got positive good photos on there. Your yep. digital storefront on Google's And in, if you fill out more of your Google business profile, yep. that will help 100%. also. Like all these little shit that – guess how much that costs? Nothing. Nothing. It costs $0. Do that fucking first before yep. you talk to me about the keyword stuffing you want me to do. Right? Because it just doesn't make as much sense. Um, also, that's not a good practice anymore, so don't do that. Then you go on like social. It's like, okay, so I want to make a social ad. And here's where I find it interesting. When you're a micro gym and you specifically do something where you're charging people more money for something that seems like uh, above a $10 a month membership, then they have to come back and want that. So it's actually probably better to try to interrupt them in their feed. So like what I would call interruption marketing versus sitting in a Google search and saying, this is need-based. They're looking for a gym. I'm the low-cost provider. Because not too many people that write gyms near me into a Google search are ready to spend $200 a month on yeah, membership. No, a tra it's a, it's transactions a are very intimate. Like right. th that you're not, you're, they might want to date you. They're not ready to fuck. Sure. Yeah, you had to just make it dirty. You had <laughs> That's to, exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, Someone sure. searching for you is not even mentally in the place to buy it. Do you search the way you speak? Like, <laughs> do you go and go and be like, fucking gyms near me? <laughs> I, just, I just wonder this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so, so then it's like, okay, go back to the social play. So now that you know why you're doing this, your goal with a social ad is not to provide the information you think would be informative to someone who needs it. Does that make sense? Yes. So like frame the language that you're using in your social media advertising to be what it is, which is interrupting people's feed to say you have something new and exciting and you should be a part of it. Yep. It's got to be that. And I just see this language that's so stale and would work really well if it was a Google search. And it's like, you know, oh my God, if I read one more time, this is the, what do they always say? Uh, the premier fitness facility. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, no, you're, first of all, you're fucking not. You don't even have showers in your facility. It doesn't look like you've showered in three weeks. Like, you're not the premier yeah, facility. You're, premier. you're not like stationed outside with a red carpet. But I get it yeah. because when you're that person that shows up in the Google search result at the top and it says premier facility, that sounds like it would go towards your $200 a month membership. Yeah. Okay. But the fact is, that people, and by people, I mean big box gyms, are spending more on a single keyword oh, 100%, yeah. in They're a month than yeah. you're spending your entire year yeah, in yeah. a marketing They're budget. They're going to outspend you. So it's probably not the best idea to spend a lot of your effort there. Yeah. But focusing on the language that you use in your advertising, knowing the reason why you're there, will automatically make your ads better. So get on Facebook. Get on Instagram if you want to try out with Instagram ads. And put some shit in there that you realize is like, I'm interrupting someone's feed from the shit that they ask to look at, yep. right? You're paying to say, my shit's important. Stop, 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 look. So make sure that the copy that you use and the images that you use tell that story and don't put a fucking picture of the outside of your gym in a Facebook ad. Unless the outside of your gym looks like the coolest gym that I've never been to. Yeah, correct. Right? It's pretty rare. Yesterday's pretty rare. CEO Collective Call, we were talking about... Um, I need more whiskey. Keep yeah, going. get up I and do it. I can listen. They were, uh, we were talking about writing copy... For like a, a you know a that positions your customer's problem, your plan to fix the problem, and then the successful outcome they'll they'll come up with. And so, for an example, I use this sweat social that's literally happening right now, and Isaac was giving me dirty looks because I'm not out there right now. Um, the uh, if you're new to Charlotte, transplants to Charlotte would love to get fit and meet new people. That's a problem. I moved to Charlotte. I don't know anybody. 
I like fitness. I'm looking for a gym and I'd love to meet some new people, right? What would be the solution to that if I advertise our Sweat Social? Sweat Social is a great place to come in and get a good workout, experience your city, and potentially meet other new people like yourself. And the success behind it is you find a workout that you love and people you love to hang out with, right? So like combine those three elements and you've got the resemblance of some copy that needs some cleanup, but you at least you're in the fucking ballpark. Right. And a lot of cool ways is like, how are you going to present that? So you remember the ads that I ran for you way back. The three, the, the four girls. The four girls. The four girls. That was yeah. a huge one. Yep. And it just showed them this is a place you want to be. Yeah. This is why you want to be here. 100%. The other ones that did really well were the ones that where I used the quote in on the white background. Yeah. yeah. Not in the copy of the ad itself, but, but on the, the actual photo. image. Yeah. And it just said, this was so much better than the why. Yeah. You're projecting to like, oh, wow. What, who, what, well, I know what the why is. You're yep. giving them something to compare it to. And that comparative analysis will grab people's attention way more than anything else, yeah. right? If you say, this is the best facility because of our new rope climbing machine, it's like, cool. But if you're like, we have equipment that Orange Theory doesn't have, that's just yeah. way more blunt about it. It's sure. like, well, cool. Now at least you have my attention to yeah. come back and look at it. Yeah. No, 100%. And I, I think, honestly, when it comes to the – like, the one thing I do I, – I notice now, gyms are – they're doing better with the photos. I think that's getting pushed out there a ton. People are like, you know, they're copying what what I'm doing. Like Shenandoah Fit does a great job. Other other uh, Project 13 Gyms does a phenomenal job at it. Really good photos. And then, you know, people are just copying each other's copy. And eventually people will get good, like copy other someone's copy, and then they'll they'll start writing their own. It will it'll get better over time. But when you look at the stuff that's going to work, it's always like – think about – like my biggest thing is like we were talking about like this that thing we want to put on the side of the building. That is probably how most people describe my gym. So Joe went to New York City, and if you guys want inspiration for marketing, go to the city that has the loudest amount of audible, visual, ver- all the inputs, sensory, sensory overload. overload. Go there and see what grabs your attention. And then it's what it does, sit there and stare at it and think about why did it grab my attention and how can I steal this concept and then run it through my own branding machine, make it my own. And don't even wonder if you're thinking about it right. Literally go grab a coffee and stand across the street and watch people interact yeah, with 100%. it. You could, there's enough people walking by that you could be like, wow, look at 16 of the last 50 people looked up. Yep. That matters. So Joe literally went there and calls me. He's had some beverages. And we're talking about this idea of this thing we're going to put on the side of the building. And we're running it. We're we're running this whole thing through, and we're playing around with a couple of the different words because some of the words we need it to sound exactly like how somebody would, would say it. would say it in a casual conversation at the bar. Like they just ran in, like they're still in their Lululemon pants and sports bra, and they've got their hoodie on, and they just met their friends at the bar for a beer. Like where were you? I was at Urban Movement. It was blank, 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 blank. You know, like that right there is the key. If you can put it into the language that is exactly like that's I think that's what Geico did. Yeah, like 15 minutes will save 20 15% or more. Like it'd be real simple. This is what it is. Just 15 minutes will save th- people can recite that, but that's exactly like if I were to say why did you choose Geico or whatever, I saved 15%. Like that's just probably how somebody would say it. Like yeah. there and there's better examples than the Geico one, but I, again, it's breaking it down into the layman's language, the prospect's language. If you polled all your members and said in seven words or less, how do you describe our what we do here? And don't lead them. Don't say, how do you describe CrossFit so-and-so? Don't lead them and say, how do you describe – just see. Maybe they use the word gym. Maybe they use the word CrossFit. Maybe they use the word CrossFit so-and-so. Maybe like, they use the word atmosphere. Yeah. Woo! Wouldn't that be crazy yeah, if someone yeah. actually didn't describe the gym for the physical fitness that they get there because it seems to matter less and less these days, and it matters way more about the culture and community and the feelings that they get when they're in there. So why wouldn't someone come back and describe their favorite CrossFit yeah. gym as, man, that place is awesome? compared to this yep. or man that place makes me feel x yeah I, I don't give a shit make your new gym slogan we make people feel sexy yep so because if that's what people feel like you're not you're not trying to redirect attention you're trying to say like this is why we're great mm-hmm. we did we just asked yeah and then we put it on the side of our building so i've invested we're probably up to like 40 grand right now in aesthetic changes to the building since I moved in. So not the build out, but like since I got in and I looked around, I was like, oh, I fucking, I missed some stuff. So around 40 ish grand, 45. And someone asked me, they like, wouldn't that have been better suited spending on better equipment? I was like, nobody has ever gone to the gym and they're like, they're sitting around their friend group later on and getting pizza or whatever and be like, man, how was that workout? They're like, oh my God, 
they got the new PM5s on the Concept 2 <laughs> rower, and they are dope. They, like, got, they got version 3.66 of the Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. And let me tell you, the grips on my feet. The fuck? Ooh. Like, gym owners just don't get, like, generally when a gym owner's like, man, I really think I'm like, that's why you should stop right now. Stop thinking, because you are not the market. Go get a gym membership somewhere. Like, I just... I just can't get guys out of it's their a, full walls. It's a snow blindness. This is what we do. Yeah, right? snow it's blindness. Like, I yeah, love yeah. using that where it's like you, you're you in it for so long that you can't see what's right in front of you. And don't take that as a flaw. You're not bad because you can't. Most people can't. Yeah. Just also go out and say, I'm not going to continue to not. I'm going to ask other people, ask for a third-party opinion, have a friend come try at your gym that's from out of town that's also a gym goer and just say, hey, come in, drop in for a day or have somebody else's friend and then sit down and talk to them. See somebody brand new who has no potential of being a customer, has no like does not give a shit how you feel about it, and they're just gonna tell you what like what it is. And sometimes even your own members can give you sometimes skewed results because they want to make you happy. Sure. Because you're the owner. Well, then pick a mole. Yeah. Pick somebody that you're friends with. That's also in the, I used to do this for you when I I was like I would just walk around the gym asking people questions. A mole is get somebody in the gym that is not the owner to pretend and ask the questions. Don't right. Actually, pick a mole on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't also go in to be like, hey, so. Uh, what do you think of that new, like that yeah, real yeah. ASMR shit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. hey, don't, uh, what do you think of that new piece of equipment? <laughs> um, you know, like, just go, and I would have casual conversations yeah, with yeah, people, yeah. like, hey, I just saw you signed up. Like, well, how'd, you, how'd you hear about sure. this place? Like, it's super cool. Like, I came here from That's why I love the lounge. What do I, you do? I love the lounge because so many people, after their first workout, will go hang out in there, kind of catch their breath or whatever it is, and I'm just in there working. Like I was just in there. I was in there working when they showed up to go in the gym. I'm still in there working. They don't know me from anyone. And I can sit there and I listen to them on the phone. Like, oh, no, I just got done. I'm about to leave. Where are you at? Oh, no, it was great. It was like, And then I can listen to the actual mm-hmm. – they call somebody or whatever. Maybe, or I'll turn up like, hey, did you try out a class here? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, how was it? I'm kind of scared to try that. Like completely like bullshit them and they'll find out I was lying eventually. Like that yeah. was playing a point. But whatever. Like, I need the data. Should you know, Stuart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did she know? Oh, that's right. I have my picture in all the bathrooms. <laughs> that's right. It's a giant mural of me grabbing the bull by the horns. It's a figure of speech. Whatever. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that's uh, that's it. I think the biggest thing, again, is the layman language. In, like seven words or less is always kind of my key. Like trying to get things out in seven words or less. I and doing think- the vlog has been because I've been like I took your advice. I wanted to make it as short as possible. Yep. So when I edit now, like now I'm in the habit of like, okay, now just when I record something, I'm just not saying as much. I'm just right. – because I don't want to spend as much time editing. Well, and what's funny about it too is that it becomes the way that you now do that. Yes. So like uh, Vine, that yeah. app, which six-second video. Six-second video. Yeah. It wasn't about the production quality. No. Nope. You didn't have enough time. You took a comedian who thought they were funny and said, hey, can you tell a full joke or in a six skit. seconds? Right? Create context, some kind of setup. End of punchline in six seconds. That made for some unbelievably efficient comedy, yep. which then turned into David Dobrik's blogs, who's yeah. like huge right now, yeah. right? Like he has over 10 million subscribers because he just took a bunch of vines that were a little bit longer than six seconds yeah. and smashed them all into a vlog that he does every, every yep. other day, right? So that same concept applies. If you, and Einstein's quoted with it, where it's like, if you can't speak it simply, then you probably don't know well enough to talk about it. And I really think that that's how people should look at a lot of the things that they try to spit out there, right? Like if you can't give your elevator pitch, and I would say everybody should have their one to five second of somebody's time, yep. their 10 second in case they ask a follow-up, and then their one minute, and then after that, someplace to send them to hear more about it. Yeah. So if you're on the street and someone comes to you and says, hey, aren't you the guy that owns Urban Movement? You should be like, yeah, it's uh, X. Blank. Yep. And then if they don't bite, you just fucking move on. They yeah. don't have to walk away from them. That's rude. But – Continue to have that conversation yeah. about whatever they want to talk about yeah. most of the time. Literally, gonna, the other yeah. day, had the, one of the hoodies on. What's our movement? I got this awesome place to go work out and you get work done. Yeah. Real simple. Work yeah. out, get work done. Very, very simple. And then, you know what? It, 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 wait, what do you mean you get work? The workout party got. Right. It's like, what do you mean get work done? Oh, there's a full coffee shop and a full lounge in there, oh, too. Oh, you mean you added something that was beyond the fitness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How strange yeah, that that would get someone's interested, right? Because it's like they expect you to say the same shit. Yeah. They expect you to say how good the workout is, yep. how good the coaching is, how good the equipment is, how specialized your exercises are. And it just – Surprise it, them. It falls yeah. very short yeah. when it, you're talking to a person who has already in his head – again, like I believe we live in a society of people listening to respond rather than listening to understand. And if that's the case, if you know that going in, you're ahead of the game, which means that this person is already thinking about what they're going to say back to you. So if you can interrupt their thought process and be like, oh, oh, they'll actually stop. Yeah. And you'll see it in their face like, oh, wait, what do you mean get work done? Correct. Why are you working at the gym? Yeah, yeah. 
and it just it gives them something else to yeah. talk about. Hundred percent. And, and then you can anchor it, like you know, like we work, like co-op working. Like yeah, right. it's free. It's there. Are you know Starbucks? But imagine if there was a great workout. Like you're able to then anchor it to right. something they already know. And then again, adjust for the person that you're talking sure. to. If yep. this looks like the type of person that wants to sit there and work all day, you say, yeah, we have people sitting there for six hours yep. before the class. Free Wi-Fi. Free Wi-Fi. 100%. Take a shower. Do some work. Get a workout in. Go to. Just mold it from there, but yep. have that starting point to let them navigate the sales conversation. Yep. Fucking A. Right. I think it's going to kill me if I don't go out to the sweat social and get some footage. That's good. Film. She doesn't yell at me anymore. She doesn't yell at you anymore. <laughs> Guys, until next time, this is uh, Jamming with Joe. Thank you for what you having me. What, you what are you thanking them for? Oh, thank are you thanking you. me? Thanking you for having me. Yeah, Joe should fucking That's thank me. so fucking polite. Yeah. No, you, you absolutely should. Are we this, done? Because this episode was brought are to you by Flex. We, <laughs> free marketing. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs>